listening to the Power Up Podcast with your superpower experts. This is the place where we explore real-life superpowers and give you the tools to unlock your own. Hello, everyone. This is Tonya Don Reckla, your superpower expert, and I am excited to have back on the show with us Joanne Palladino. Welcome, Joanne. Oh, hello. Thank you. Thank you. It's it's an honor and a treat for sure. Oh, it's always a treat to have you with us. And so we brought Joanne back on the show because shortly after I interviewed her, I started reading The Way of Mastery. And Joanne, I don't even know if I shared this with you. I had no idea that you had channeled that text. You had recommended the book to me and I was diving into it. And then I started kind of doing a little bit of research on it. And I was like, and it finally clicked. It was like, oh, Oh, that makes perfect sense now. <laughs> yeah, I just to be clear, of course, I'm not the channel of the book, but it is a channeled book, and it's very much part of what comes through me and how it shifted or supported the awakening of the gift to be a channel for the voice of God. So it was... So- Talk to me about that distinction. What do you mean by that? So you weren't the channel, but it is channel. Was there someone else who was the channel or you call yes. don't call it that? Yes. Someone else channeled the book. And actually I was introduced to this book probably seven, eight years ago, something like that. And the book has become part of my, you know, my way of life the practices and the teachings in it. And I was in it for like a couple of years and someone said, oh, well, who was the channel of the book? And I'm like, I really don't know. That wasn't like necessarily important to me, but more of the teachings. Um, And it's the words of Jeshua. Right. Okay. I see now. So I was totally off base twice. (laughs) Yeah, no. but, But what I feel the correlation here is that how connected and energetically how it shifted me as a human being living my life and how I am with clients Mm -hmm. and the power of the words, because that's what started when I started reading it, you know, after a year, it sort of laid on the coffee table and I was Mm. like, yeah, I don't know. I picked it up. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's nice. But one day there was a readiness or a ripeness in me that when I started reading it, I felt the words. I felt the energy of the words. And then I went, "Uh uh-oh, there's something here. (laughs) And Yeshua, then I, like not soon after, he was very present with me. Like I felt he was over my shoulder. And I always kept like looking behind me going, where are you? Like, I feel you. I know Mm -hmm. you're, you know. So it was quite a turning point in my day-to-day existence that continues to be woven in just on it you know on a deeper level and I feel you in it like that and that was what was so cool is opening up that space or I feel connected to you through it or whatever the correct verbiage is but it's funny that you should mention like the feeling of Yeshua I keep telling people here lately I'm like yeah Jesus and I've been hanging out a lot lately and it's what it feels like and it just feels like that book is like a portal that opens you up to that relationship in a unique way way but I mean there's so much you know I remember texting you partway through and I'm like holy cow I'm like I highlighted the whole book and I read it on Kindle and so I can go back and go and flip through all the highlights and I mean just so many real poignant and pertinent pieces of wisdom within that basically you know we kind of joked I ended up highlighting you know the whole book was a highlight after that but I really you know those pivotal works that just kind of sit with you and you're like you just feel it 
in you. I felt the same way after um, Paul Selig's works, actually all of them. I started with book three and then did book two. I, I didn't make it through book one, but then they just released the first book of the second trilogy at the beginning of last year. And every single one of them feels that way, where it's like you just feel like a presence within you through it. And so for one, thank you, obviously, for the recommendation of the book. But let's talk a little bit, because I know we get the question a lot about how to marry up like the consciousness journey with religious upbringing. What was your experience with that? Yeah, it was quite personal for sure because my dad was a deacon and early on in life, it was really mom who went to church and did not feel connected to it. And I left, you know, no longer attended the Catholic church like when I was 16 years old. But as I went into my adolescence and through life, there was, you know, life change for my dad. And he dove into the Christian religion and became a deacon. And my mother was very involved in that as well. We sort of laughed because we called her the deaconess, you know, because what your husband is doing, the spouse is right there with them. So a lot of schooling and things like that. But growing up, I was always afraid. I was like, oh, my God, God's looking at me and he's judging me. And I'm afraid Mm -hmm. that I really had this sense of, Like it created fear in me (laughs) and Jesus equaled the Catholic church. So I was disconnected. And when just the name was brought up or teachings, I just shut down and I'm like, no, not for me. And then, you know, of course, then life changed and went into the corporate world and had my own life changing experience. And now of becoming a way shower, healer, channel, you know, there's labels to put behind names, but working with other souls to help them through life. That this book, The Way of Mastery, again, it's a channeled book. I have it available on my website if people are interested in purchasing it. And it's published through the Shanti Cristo Foundation. And so this was probably eight or so years ago, and it was first introduced to my husband, Coley, and he really took to it. But it laid around for me for about a year, and Coley kept going, you know, just open it up. And I'm like, yeah, you know, because it was about Jesus. It was Jesus's voice. I was closed down. And I picked it up and read, and I was like, yeah, there's some good stuff here. Put it down. But then the one day happened that I picked it up and literally started reading and I began to feel the frequency, the vibration or the depth of the meaning of the words where my body, like the chills and it was like tears, you know, it was this Mm -hmm. emotional and how I'm with that is when that spontaneously happens within me and it's a felt quality in the body it's like oh the soul is hearing this Mm -hmm. not my intellect if you will so since then it truly i've read the book many times and this isn't about reading the book it's because you could just take a paragraph and just be with that paragraph (laughs) and to really be with what do these words actually mean. The book is about bringing you back to yourself, that what we are seeking is not outside of us. Mm -hmm. Because boy, when I grew up, and again, this is not about dissing 
if you're devout Catholic, not at all. This is just my personal story and bless whatever you're connected to, you know, the audience that's listening here. Mm-hmm. That the teachings always take me back to myself, which allows me to find the God in me or to realize the God in me, or they call it Christ consciousness. Mm-hmm. In Buddhism, they call it Buddha mind. We could call it the light. We could call it limitlessness, whatever you feel connected to as far as the labeling of it. But truly, it's the mystery. Mm. And that we always seek it's out there, But what happens when we do that, it takes us away from what we're really looking for, which is within ourselves. Because I am with a truth, you know, like I resonate with the truth that I am an extension of the mystery, Mm. what we call God, you know, universal source, or we are an expression of that. And it permeates everything. So the more, and it's all lessons. That's really what this book is. It's lessons and teachings. That the more I become intimate with myself. And lesson 22, which always has struck a chord with me, and that's exactly what I'm talking about. It's self-honesty. It's the truest act of self-love, where the honesty allows us or gives us permission to actually be with our darkness or our shadow or our shame or our loneliness or our anger. Mm -hmm. And the more we actually embrace it as like an inner child, you know, just hold those parts of us, the deeper we allow ourselves to realize, embody, and live from the source of God, Mm. that that's who we are. You know what other book I had a reaction like that too was the Magdalene Manuscript. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh, I cry. I mean, it just felt like all of this missing information. Like it felt like it spoke to a piece of me that was shut down, that had been disregarded. Like it's got to be that woman's story, the disassociation of the feminine energy within the church, like all of these things. But it was like everything in me. And I was so sad that the channel portion of that was so small. Like, like the rest of the book was, yeah. you know, all about philosophies and stuff. And I was like, no, bring her back. I want to talk to her. And it's interesting because that story, the Yeshua Mary kind of story and how it all kind of unfolded, I think carries such a, so much richness of information as we go seeking truth for ourselves within it. And it's so baffling to me as you were talking, I was reminded of, you know, you're talking about as a child, you know, your association with God. And I was weighing that against a recent conversation I had with my daughter. And she asked me one day, she goes, mom, can I talk to God? And I was like, sure. You know, like all the time. Yeah. That's your thing to develop whatever relationship you want. Cause we have a standing rule in our house where she can't use the word God as an exclamation until she knows what kind of relationship she wants to have with that word. And I've explained to her, I said, you know, because she hears other young people using it and stuff. And I say, you know, it's not that it's a bad word. It's that I think if you use it flippantly, 
before you know what kind of relationship you want to have with that word and with the being that it's represented by, then it's harder to come back from that place and make it sacred if that's what you choose to do with it. And I said, so I'm going to continue to hold to that until you feel like you know what that is. And so it was really fascinating. But from the beginning of this child's life, she has loved Jesus and Mary and Joseph. Like, I'm like, where did she come from? Like, just from the beginning, just fascinated with it. And, you know, kind of the embodiment of that. And I'm so grateful for you sharing your story because I get to reflect on what her, from the beginning, this pure relationship she got to have with all of that, you know? And so thank you for that because I like the juxtapositions sometimes to be able to say, wow, you know, and she drove that train, you know, that was really very independently sought and created and felt very intrinsic. Like it was preordained on some level. She came in with that or those ideas or those relationships. It was really fascinating. I mean, with some parts of this and it's sort of showing up here as you're sharing the story about your beautiful daughter, who's quite a soul, by the way. Oh, thank you. Um, It's the images of living in that time, you know, like what has shown up for me in images and dreams of living in the caves, like we were the women in the caves, you know, followers of Jeshua. Mm-hmm. And especially now the children that are coming in, that the veil continues to be thinner and lasts long, you know, it's there. It continues to be like having that thinness that they feel the energy or yes, they could have walked beside Mm -hmm. Uh, So there is more and more of that. And I, you know, sort of smile when I say this. So when I work with clients, it's not uncommon when Yeshua shows up. And that's what this book, The Way of Mastery is too. He is here to walk beside us. Again, it was always putting him on the pedestal, mm-hmm. <laughs> but he's the ultimate teacher of our potential here, and he embodied it and showed us. Yeah. yeah. Well, and even, you know, if you abide by biblical representations, I mean, he, that was even depicted biblically, it was even greater things than these you, you also shall do. And it's so funny because that's where he and I have really been connecting a lot is like, okay, where did we miss that message? You know, and I can feel the frustration of working with the disciples and being like, just talk about it already, you know, just be it, you know? So yeah, he's been a good pal here lately with regard to just having patience and compassion and, you know, allowing the message to kind of sink in and the awareness and the development in everybody's own given time frame, and still prodding and pushing and encouraging forward. Um, it's been very delightful and I appreciate I think I can say with a high degree of certainty that it was the introduction, the reading of The Way of Mastery that kind of opened that up for me. I mean, for sure, we could have found each other some other way again also, but why? You know, that's an easy portal. (laughs) That's an easy way to do it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You know, this book and the teachings, it really, especially now in life, it's an opportunity. He calls it the light, you know, extend your light realize your light, what an opportunity it is for us to be anchored in our light to really support the awakening on the planet, Mm -hmm. to have that domino effect in the density and how the fear has been kicked up and how the shadows have been kicked up 
during this time and mm-hmm. inaugurations happening on Friday. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. The women's march is going on. So it's an opportunity for us to truly walk the walk. Mm, uh, absolutely. And, you know, or be the teaching that we're extending. Of course, for me, I'm extending it to myself, but to those that I work with. You know, to be the model, to be the anchor. It's like I see it as that we're beacons. We're the lighthouse, if you will. Mm -hmm. And just have it extend out in the midst of the chaos and not waver, not waver. Well, or, and in the work that I do, a lot of it is reminding people or don't, but be in choice and take responsibility for that choice and recognize that there are consequences either way. I see a lot of people here with the chaotic confusion that's going on really getting lost in, wait, what am I perpetuating? What am I contributing to? And is it really getting the results that I want? You know, again, I take it back to our daughter. You know, one of the things we always say to her is, how do you get what you want? Is what you're doing in alignment with where it is you say you want to go? And if it's not then change it, you know, choose something different. But to continue to choose the same thing and get upset about the consequences is kind of, you know, what Einstein said, it's a definition of insanity. And I do see a lot of abdication of responsible choice making, decision making in regard to even just how we choose to emanate our energy. You know, in the book, one of the things that I had highlighted, it says in there, Have you ever had the feeling that you are putting more energy into staying constricted than you are into allowing expansion? That's right. You know, and I tell people all the time, I say, it's not that the journey is that difficult. It's actually the easiest thing in the world to be in this space. The challenge is in making the choice to do it. Once you make the choice to do it and start walking the trajectory, it's like you're ripping off the layers of difficulty, (laughs) you know, as opposed to, you know, people think that, you know, they're like, oh, it's always so hard to do. I'm like, being that isn't difficult. That's kind of how we're designed. It's getting rid of everything that's not that, that tends to cause people challenge. You know, when I work with people, beautiful souls, at times when I share things with them, it's not necessarily new to them. And they shake their head. Yep. Yep. Know that, know that, know that. But the question is, okay, knowing is one thing, but then what do you do with that awareness? Now, now what? And, you know, it's like, I love it. Know, and I've read all these books and I studied, but they continue to stay the same path. Yes. Things remain the same. Mm-hmm. So how I'm with this, like this willingness, the word that has been coming up over the past number of months for me and sharing it with others, it's the devotion to ourselves. Am I devoted to truly enlivening and enriching my life through love and choosing differently? Mm. How devoted are you? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I make the pie, like a round circle, and say, well, if we look at that as a 24-hour time period, a day, how much time in that day are you devoting to your well-being, to your sacredness, to your worthiness, to extend your gifts in a way that you're no longer judge yourself or criticize Mm -hmm. yourself? 
And, and in my language, I talk about managing your frequency, you know, and making sure yeah. that you don't drop your antenna down. And really, my approach isn't quite as, well, we just have different language, which I love, which is part of the reason why I invited you back on the show so we could kind of show the different perceptions, but we were guiding towards the same space yes. is, you know, if you sit in a low frequency for a half hour, you just created the next three hours of your existence. Mm -hmm. You know, if you want to wallow in it for two days, now you just created the next two weeks. And, you know, some of my clients, I'm like, you want to keep going? Because we could go for another half hour and we could create another three hours. Like, what are you doing in those spaces and really calling it out and say, you know, kind of ripping the veil off of this idea that things happen to you. And when you take responsibility and say, okay, what am I, you know, going back to your, I know, I know, I know. I get that a ton. In fact, the other day I had a client, I had a client say to me, you know, I'm just really shocked that your information is so elementary. Uh, and I had to chuckle. And I was like, what a perfect statement. I believe she didn't mean it in a flattering way, but it was so perfect. I was like, it is the most basic of information. Yeah. Yes. And are you applying it? Yeah. Are you doing the work with it? And I'm having to go back to a lot of basic stuff and say, this is great that you know it. We can know it all day long. What are you doing with it? Yeah. And are you impacting your life? Are you changing your existence based on that information? Because otherwise, it's just theory. Yeah. And it's perfect because that, again, like in the way of mastery, when I was sharing before, it constantly brings us back to ourselves. The first axiom in the book, you know, lesson one, nothing I experience is caused by anything outside of me. <laughs> like oh that's a doozy you know people get really up in arms about that I keep threatening to write a book called own your shit and it's all your shit you know it's like <laughs> it is because you know I read that and it you know my brain got twisted oh yeah and it was twisted for a while yeah and I was when I started you know digesting it and being with it and beginning to embody it that's when the shift happened, you know, that's yep. when and the emotions that were expressed through me of the fear and the anger and I was frozen and <laughs> it's like a laser beam. It is. Yeah. What do you mean? I didn't rape myself. I didn't ask for this. And it's like, oh, well, you know, kind of you did. Yeah. And it's a hard one. It is. It's on. tough. Uh, that's right. It's a tough, raw piece of meat and you got to keep chewing. And then once it's digested and embodied, that's where, you know, you realize your light and it is, you look in the mirror every day and it is your choice. Oh, it's freedom. It's, right there. it's Yeah, right. it's total and utter autonomy. The other day I was talking to somebody, I said, you know, I am the authority in every situation I find myself in. Now, that doesn't mean that I overlord over somebody else or I right. take dominion over them or anything else, but it also means that, like you said, I don't waver from that. Yeah. Like there's nothing outside of me that holds dominion over me. Right. It doesn't matter the situation. Yeah. Like, and that doesn't mean I have to know everything or that I have to be an expert in everything. It means that I'm my expert. And it's funny because when we started this whole business, it was personal power experts and then it became superpower experts. And it's really kind of tongue in cheek because it's like, yeah, everybody's your own expert. But sometimes we need to like put somebody out there first so that we can kind of see a model before we're ready to step into that space. But at the end of the day, when people arrive there, like you said, once they've digested it 
they realize their own expert status, if you will, within themselves. And, you know, it was about a year ago, I asked to be shown everywhere, no matter how painful, no matter how minute, no matter how buried, where I was abdicating to anything outside of myself, anything. And it came up over and over and over again. So I could look at it and be like, okay, do I choose to keep this or do I not? And it was through that conviction of that piece of the journey to where I finally got rid of everything. And not that things don't come up, but there's a way to manage those from that space. And it's no longer about necessarily just the personal journey. Now it's about doing the work and allowing the personal journey to just continue automatically as you're doing the work. Yeah. We'll always be tested. You know, when someone shows up or an incident happens or I'm being asked to attend something and that, you know, the trigger is like, wow, look at that. I'm triggered by that. Now I become more fascinated with it. Uh, It's sort of like, wow, I was trying to put a smile on my face and mm -hmm. go, let's see what this is about. And it's not about the other person or the other event. It's I really allow the opportunity. I call it the pause. Mm. The way of mastery, they call it, I need do nothing. And what that does is it brings me back to me and I begin to look under the hood. You know, mm-hmm. where, why the trigger and be with, you know, if it's raw or if it's just a residual that's mm-hmm. to be cared for. And so it gives me this opportunity. It gives me space. It gives me freedom to choose again, if you will, whether I say yes or no, or do I get jump in the fire that's a choice. Mm-hmm. Or just observe the fire. Absolutely. Well, and I think, too, in doing the work, like I talk about, you know, when you start climbing back down off your mountain and you do the work in the world, the whole being in the world but not of it at that point, you have to also allow space for it not being yours because part of the work is playing roles for people and playing this. And so even though we kind of joke about, you know, and it's all your shit, if you choose to jump into the fire, now that's your shit. But sometimes those discomforting energies can kind of move through us. And sometimes our job is to hold those or to let them pass through or to be an observation of them and their clues for how we can help work with other people and all this good stuff. And so, you know, there does come a point in time where I think we add that layer onto it too. But I really encourage people not to go to that space until they do start walking back down off the mountain, you know, because as you're going up the mountain, I think when we start to realize we can be empathic and we can move energy, we can be affected by other people. We're really quick to then assign everything uncomfortable to somebody else. And I contend that as you're walking up that mountain, it's very, very difficult to see clearly. And it's not until you reach a certain level of growth within yourself or in my words, I call it mastering your own personal power to where now you can actually see never totally clearly because we're never completely clear of all the enmeshment of agreements and energies and what we represent, the roles everyone's playing, but at least more clearly, if you will, to be able to point people in the right direction or to at least get your stuff out of the way to be able to hear clearly for somebody. But I do find a lot of people trying to enmesh that early on. And in my opinion, that will slow down your own journey 
and really confuse matters if be, because you don't know that you can't necessarily see clearly. Does that make sense? Yes. And again, I love how we're in the same path and different language mm-hmm. and how I'm looking at, like you're saying, see clearly. What happens and how I describe it to others is the scope of your vision begins to widen. Mm-hmm. So where you're going up the mountain and it's very narrow. The site is very narrow. And And it has to be. That's your journey. (laughs) Yeah. And I'm still in it, you know, Mm -hmm. and my vision just continues to widen the more I have a deeper understanding of self. So it's then, you know, eventually becomes the 360, Mm -hmm. the 360 vision that you're really being more of the observer Mm-hmm. And choosing from that perspective than being in the muck or the fire or the bubbling soup where <laughs> your vision, you know, narrows. Then it narrows. Yep. yep. So, oh, when you dive down and swim around and it, it's like you can't see anything. Yeah. And will I ever see again? Will I absolutely see <laughs> And saying that just in my own Yes. Know, Experience of being in the oh, yes. for years, you know, mm-hmm. just it's like, and when, and when, and when. So when there is the little descent, the cloudiness, the fire, people are then able to get out of it quicker. You know, we're not mm-hmm. in it. Like, right. oh, wow, that was, that burnt. And, <laughs> oh, let me, you know, let me, um, you know, what, what are my, my teachings that I forgot about? for a moment there. So the mountain just will continue and continue and continue and continue until we, you know, is it my time, your time, everyone's time to fully embody being of the world, but not of, you know, in living in, but not of kind of, mm-hmm. kind of thing. Absolutely. Well, we could obviously talk for hours about this and then I appreciate you coming and playing so we can model like the two totally different approaches, you know, and languages and everything and show the similarities and even the divergence in that. Yes. And I think that that too, I think is important work and fun work. I'm really enjoying it. So thank you for coming and playing with us again. An honor and a blessing to you and all. Thank you. Oh, very cool. And we'll link your other interview to this, but let's go ahead and remind people where they can find you. What's a good website to send them to? Yeah, my website is joannepalladino.com. J-O-A-N-N-E. Palladino is P-A-L-L-A-D-I-N-O.com. Awesome. Yeah. And thank you so much for coming on board. And to everybody out there, thank you as always. We appreciate your loyalty. And until next time, go out, uncover your superpowers, and change the world. Take care, everyone. Thanks for listening to the Power Up Podcast. Go now to the Power Up page at personalpowerexperts.com and tell us how you live in your power. And remember, we're all more powerful together. Together.